if you have the uh, version Bible app, uh, if all the technology worked correctly, you can follow along there, have some notes, and uh, make your own notes, and then uh, save it and have it for future reference, or actually share it with other people. This morning, you're following along in your Bibles. We're going to be in Luke chapter 6 as we continue, uh, actually conclude what Luke called the, uh, it introduces the Sermon on the Plain. Uh, we're going to be at the end of that, Luke chapter 46, uh, chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. I'll be reading for the New English Translation, so if you're reading from something, another version will be perhaps a little different, but it's all English, so you should not be confused too much. Just thought I'd say that. Uh, in, in the Star Wars series, for those of us who've watched it, and many of us in the world have, um, there, there's a conversation that goes on in one of the earlier films, one of the earlier released films, it's a whole confusing mess as to how they did that thing. Uh, but there's a conversation between Master Yoda and Luke Skywalker. Luke says, Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is totally different. He's trying to get his fighter up out of the middle of the swamp where it sank. And Yoda says, no, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Luke says, all right, I'll give it a try. Yoda says, no, try not. Do or do not, there is no try. This is one of the uh, most iconic lines from the Star Wars movie series. I will give it a try, says... I know I'm not going to do this, but I want to at least go through the motions so you think I'm doing what you asked me to do. That's what that means, particularly in that conversation. And Yoda says, no, going through the motions, acting like you're going to do what I've asked you, asked you to do, I told you that you can do, this is not an option. Don't try, either say do or do not. Jesus tells his followers much the same thing. In fact, that's a sermon in a sentence. I'm going to give it to you right up front. This is uh, a, a little unusual, but here's the sermon in a sentence. Do or do not, there is no other option. If you're a follower of Jesus, do or do not do what he tells you to do, but don't think there's another option. That's what he tells us in Luke chapter 4. 6 verses 46 to 49 uh, it's short and it's powerful it's plain if you can't understand it it's probably because you don't want to listen to what he says Jesus is speaking Luke chapter 6 verse 46 why do you call me Lord Lord when and don't do what I tell you to do the, the message, uh, paraphrase, puts it this way. Why are you so polite with me? Always saying, yes, sir. That's right, sir. But never doing a thing, I tell you. Everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and puts them into practice, 
I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on bedrock. When a flood came, the river burst against that house but could not shake it because it had been built well. Hmm. But the person who hears and does not put my words into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. But when the river burst against that house, it collapsed immediately and was utterly destroyed. So Jesus' message is short and simple. It's plain and easily understood unless we don't want to understand it. Jesus says, do or do not, there is no other option. And then he tells us the results of those two options. Do and your life will stand solid as a rock. Do not and it will crash around you. Jesus asks us, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you? Are you simply being polite? I mean, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You should at least say, yes, sir. That's right, sir. I'll give it a try. See, the knowledge of Jesus' teachings with obedience, the knowledge of Jesus' teachings with the practice of those teachings beats mere knowledge every day. In Matthew, Jesus is so bold as to say that there will be people on uh, at the end of time, at, on judgment, when we face uh, our lives and God about our lives, there will be people who say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do miracles in your name? And he'll say, I don't know who you are. Didn't we do great things for you? Didn't we do this? And didn't we do that? Didn't we say this? And didn't we say that? And it was all for you, Jesus. And he says, no, it wasn't. We can know everything Jesus ever said. We can quote it by heart, but if we don't do any of it, it's like building your house on the sand right next to the river, waiting for the next flood. So here's the question, are you a follower of Jesus? If you're not a follower of Jesus, you're off the hook. You are not expected to do what he says. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, do or do not, there are no other options. Obey him or rebel against him. Those are your only two choices. Are you a Christian? Are you saved? Are you simply being polite to Jesus because you have a pretty good idea that he's large and in charge? 
Do you use Jesus' teachings in Bible studies without working them into your life? If you pay attention, if you follow Jesus, pay close attention to what he says. Find ways to keep his words in your mind. Think about them until they are imprinted on your hearts. Focus your energy on applying it to your life. Be careful to put it into practice. Treasure it above everything else. Jesus says, do or do not. There is no other option. Whoa, well, what is he talking about? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back a few, toward the beginning of this sermon, this section of teaching that Luke has. And, and in verse 27, Luke chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus gave us this command. By the way, he repeats it again uh, in a few verses later, just to make sure we didn't miss it. He says, love your enemies. And in case we're not sure what that means, he explains it to us. Do good to them. Find ways to bless them. Ask God to bless them. Go first and do for them what you want them to do for you. Imitate your heavenly father. Show them his mercy. Show them his compassion in your actions. Love your enemies no matter what kind of sacrifice you'll need to make. And love them no matter how they respond. We should not be surprised, at least I hope you're not. Those of us who have been following Jesus for a while have, have know that he said there are two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all you have, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what if my neighbor is my enemy? I'm off the hook, right? No, you're not off the hook. Not if you're following Jesus. Now, if you want to not follow Jesus, well, that's a whole different story, and I certainly wouldn't advise it. What is this? He says, do or do not. There's no other option. Love your enemies. I'm going to meddle for a moment. I'm leaving preaching. I'm going to go to meddling. I don't care who you're voting for this year. The people who are not voting like you are not your enemies. They're not. They're not a bunch of idiots. They're not a bunch of uncompassionate morons. These are, by the way, in case you think I'm being harsh, I'm just quoting a few of the things I've seen and heard as people have talked about the other side of the election. It's not just a Democrat thing. It is not just a Republican thing. And it's not even third party. Third parties are in on this. They are, we are all talking about how bad anybody who doesn't agree with us really is. So let me put it this way. If you think they're your enemy, love them. Oh, what does that mean? Well, it means a lot more than hoping nothing bad happens to them. 
I mean, that's a nice start. But frankly, any decent human being ought to have that kind of attitude. That's not the same thing as God. That's not the same thing. That, that's not the standard Jesus set for us when he said, be as compassionate as the Father is. He says, find ways to bless them. Not blast them. Please understand the difference. Find ways to do good to them. Yeah, but they're going to vote for that guy. They think that guy's the greatest. Well, for anybody, for independents like me, we're sitting back here going, it's a choice between bad and bad. I really don't see... It's and okay, and then there are people who say, "Well, look at the third-party people. Maybe you'll find somebody there." Okay, so here's this is what I found in my research. There's a choice between bad and bad, and a little bad, a little bad. By a little bad, I mean little chance of ever being elected. But they're still bad. Then I have my answer, the answers I'm looking for. None of these candidates, by the way, in case you haven't figured this out, none of them are going to usher in the kingdom of God or make bring heaven on earth. None of them. That's not their job. Although, as I look at people and I listen to people, it seems like they expect that's exactly what they're going to do. Ain't going to happen. They aren't Jesus. All right, why in the world is he doing that? Because I told you I was going to meddle. I want you, as a practical application of this commitment, or this command of Jesus to love your enemies, I want you, if you're on Facebook, to go back and look at your post about people who vote different than you. Here's practical application, practical meddling. Are you saying good things about them? If not, delete the post and make sure you don't say something like that again. There are people who are going to vote for somebody besides you, and they are just as committed to Jesus, perhaps, just as smart, just as caring, just as compassionate, just as decent a human being as you are. Please remember what we also learned last week from Jesus. What comes out of our mouths is what's in our hearts. Ask God to bless them. If you're a Republican, pray for the Democrats. And I don't mean pray that they'll become Republicans. <laughs> and if you're a Democrat, don't pray, pray for the Republicans and ask them to, you know, oh God, please help them smarten up and become like us. That's not the issue. God, pour your favor on them. Just like I want you to pour your favor on me. Go first. God always goes first. God always takes the initiative. Go first. And do for others what you want them to do for you. Love your enemies, whoever they may be, whether they're... Republicans, Democrats, Green Party, Libertarians, or somebody else, or Independents. Love them. Even if it hurts, even if people do not understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, 
no matter how the people that you're loving respond. Don't expect them to respond. If they're not followers of Jesus, do not expect them to respond like they're followers of Jesus. And just for the record, it, uh, there's a whole range of followers of Jesus. There are people who are just getting started. There are people who have been following for a while but still haven't quite figured out everything. Uh, well, none of us have figured out everything. And, and there's, there's, so just, just treat them like God would. Love them and forgive them. Bear with them and be compassionate to them. No matter how they respond to you. Do or do not. There is no option. So how are you going to find ways to keep this command, this command to love your neighbor and your enemies? How are you going to keep this in your mind? Because on the spur of the moment, somebody's going to say something. You're going to be in a conversation and somebody gives up, just loads you and sets you up for a great humdinger of a swing at the opposite party. <laughs> or all of them, if you're like me. In that moment, you need to remember, I'm to love my enemies and my neighbor. And whatever comes out of my mouth at this moment is a reflection of what's in my heart. Oh, Jesus, what wants to come out of my mouth is not loving. Please put a whole lot more love down here. You can all do that. You can do that silently. Nobody needs to know what's going on. All they know is you're being quiet. Which we could use a whole lot more of in this world, right? How will you focus your energy on applying this to your life? I mean, I'm asking these questions because I want you to think about them. I could give you some suggestions, but if you, you, I don't want you to be like Luke Skywalker and go, well, I'll give it a try. Well, it didn't work. Well, Pastor didn't know what he was talking about. I want you to figure out what you can do or what you think you can do and I want you to try it. And if it doesn't work, you can say, wow, I need to change that and work on something else. It's too easy to blame somebody else. It's too easy to put the blame on somebody else and then go, I knew it wouldn't work. Which, by the way, if you've seen the scene in the movie, that's exactly what happens. Luke can't do it. And he basically says, see, I told you. Do or do not. There is no try. And I know you can do it because the Holy Spirit is working in you to make you willing and able to obey Jesus. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does in us. He makes us willing and able to obey Him. Well, those of you who are following along in the uh, version app are going, where in the world is he? I don't see any of that stuff in there. Freebies. Hello?
Kata. I want us to pray now. Because what we're talking about isn't easy. You know, it, it requires the Holy Spirit to work in us. To make us willing to be obedient. It requires the Holy Spirit in us to make us powerful enough. And it's His love in us that transforms us so that we become willing and able to obey this command to love our neighbors and our enemies as Jesus did. So let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. We need you. First, I, I ask that you would just open our minds and our imaginations and our eyes to understand how much we need to learn. But now, it doesn't matter if we followed you and lived for Jesus for, for 60 years or six minutes. We all have such a long way to go in learning to love others like you do. And so, just give us a glimpse. Don't overwhelm us, but give us a glimpse of how much more we can love people and, and how much, how great the results would be, not only for us, but for them and for our world. Move beyond our excuses that we disguise as questions. Well, what did Jesus really mean? Because, you know, I'm pretty sure he didn't mean what he said. Help us to understand that when Jesus says something and it's really plain and like this, he meant what he meant and he said what he said and we need to do it. Take away our excuses that we mask as questions. Take away our, well, I'll give it a try, attitudes. Fill us with the desire to do what Jesus teaches. Fill us with the power to do what he teaches. Fill us with his love until the people we interact with, whether they understand what's going on or not, until they experience his love in our words and deeds. Come, Holy Spirit. We need you to do in us what only you can do so that through us you can bring glory and honor to Jesus. Amen. I want to thank you for connecting with us and uh, remind you that your mission is clear as God's people and as a congregation. Your mission is clear. We're here to disrupt poverty, injustice, and oppression. We are here to release the captives of sin, shame, guilt, and addiction. We are here to proclaim the good news of God's favor. He's for us. And everybody needs to know that. Do what's best for others, no matter the sacrifice that's required, and keep loving like Jesus no matter how people respond. You are sent.
Go with Jesus.